Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Howdy, everyone. Arthur Staple here. Welcome back to the Garden Faithful, your Rangers podcast from The Athletic. We've got a nice uh, show for you today. Some good mailbag questions from uh, a lot of our subscribers. We're going to turn that into a few stories later on, but of course, we can kick it off uh, by answering some of those questions here on the show. And in our first segment, we'll bring on Chris Flannery, our producer. Chris, what's going on? Uh, not too much. How's it going over there? Uh, it's going well. So the Rangers are coming off a very good week, once they clinched the playoffs, got to 100 points. Yep. Um, Beat a couple of uh, non-playoff teams in the Devils and Senators and had a pretty nice win over the Penguins, even though they were missing Sidney Crosby. Uh, and then tonight, the return of the Hurricanes, also known as the former Rangers, because <laughs> there's a million of them and a lot of guys making their first trip back, including Lightning Rod Tony D'Angelo, which uh, we can get into in a minute. But first, on the recap side, Chris, from what you saw last week, um, what was most impressive to you of those three wins? Uh, to me, the most impressive thing in the wins was just seeing what that top six really looks like now kind of gelled together. I think you saw, uh, I mean, Panarin has just come alive over the last, you know, two, three weeks. And he really looks like the guy that we've all come to know and love over the last, you know, three seasons that he's been with the Rangers. But you see with Strom back in the lineup with cop on that line. I mean, I think they've shown really nice chemistry cop. I mean, cop couldn't fit in any better on this team. Um, which is, inc- it's great to see. And then obviously, you know, Vitrano fitting in really well with Zibanejad and Kreider and Kreider's just been, a, a, again, on another tear, you know, he breaks the power play goal record. He's, he's getting close to the, the overall, uh, Rangers record for goals. Um, so to me, I, I have to be, uh, be impressed by that, that the way that that top six looks right now that's a very scary top six to have to deal with especially when you factor in what you know the bottom six looks like where you have you know a lot of a lot of pieces that are moving around right now but once you get to playoff time you know they're gonna have a pretty set uh bottom six as well and you know the rangers are starting to look really like a like a, a very dangerous team to play in the playoffs if they hadn't all along there they're certainly looking like that now and of course igor shesterkin 
you know, we talked about it. Maybe he wasn't stopping uh, every shot that he was facing like he was earlier in the season, but, you know, having a nice shutout against the Penguins and he's kind of looked like a, his old self again. So, you know, very, very impressive and a really fun uh, three game span last week. Yeah, the top six, you know, that's, that's obviously important just because you're going to face teams that, uh, you know, have at least one good shutdown D pair. Probably not two. There's not too many teams in the league that can roll out a top four on D that can mix and match against other teams' top two lines. The Rangers have that, and the way that Keandre Miller and Jacob Trouba have been playing those last two or three months, I think, has really been kind of a, a not a surprise, but like a sneaky benefit to them when you look at the playoffs. Because if it is the Penguins in the first round and they can mix and match Malkin and Crosby on their top two lines, and they're, you know, they don't have a lot of other guys that are terribly formidable in that Penguins forward group. But obviously those two guys are real playoff tested and have had a lot of success and can play with each other or play apart. And if you've got two D pairs that can handle each of those top two lines, that's great. On the flip side, the Penguins do not have two D pairs that can handle the Strom line and the Zbanejad line. I don't think the Caps do either. There's probably some other teams that do. I think if you, I think that's the biggest worry I'd have looking to, down the road if the Rangers win the division and end up playing Tampa in the first round. Tampa at full health on D has guys that can just eat up minutes and play against whoever. So, um, you know, that, that matchup would scare me a little bit, even though the Rangers have had some success against them in the regular season. But I think if you're staying in the division and it's Pittsburgh or Washington, having these guys in the top six playing the way that they are, like you said, Cop and Vitrano have fit in really well. Um, I wasn't too sold on Cop being a, a, a second line wing, basically. Um, you know, he seems to be ideally suited as a, as kind of a third line guy or maybe a second line guy if your second line's not doesn't have a guy like Artemi Panarin on it but uh, but his skill level and his ability to to complement Panarin which is hard to do um, you got to learn how to get to open ice and play without the puck and if you get it give it back quickly and he sometimes gives it to you in in spots you're not accustomed to getting it um, you know really that second goal I think against the Penguins were cop you know, that was a, that was a bread man type pass all the way across the ice to Panarin. And you could see in Panarin's reaction, he was like, Oh, we got a guy who can do this now. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting for the short term. You don't worry so much about the long term. And I think in the mailbag, I got lots of questions from readers about what can we do in the long term to keep both of these guys in Strom and cop. And we'll talk about that down the road, but for now it's very exciting to see this top six. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, you know, and the the other thing that that's interesting about it, you know, you were saying, and I think we talked about it. I I, I said I wasn't necessarily sold that you could just you know put Cop in Strom's place at, as the center on that line if Strom left and all that stuff. But right, I mean, let him play on the wing for now. They look really good together, and that was sort of the mo on Cop that he is a jack of all trades kind of player, and he is yeah. showing that he can not only play you know a physical game and a defensive game, but he can obviously hang with with Panarin and Strom, which is something that they've been missing since Jasper Foss left. And, you know, Kako maybe for a few games, but um, yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, you know, and I think we also, Tyler Mott in that Pittsburgh game going out with what the Rangers called a significant injury. We don't know if it's shoulder. Mott has had some neck fusion surgery before, um, and it sounds like he might we might not see him again, which is a real bummer because yeah, he's not a guy who's going to contribute offensively, but the way that he plays – kind of that water bug style. He's always got the motor running good on the PK, gives you some energy on the fourth line, isn't afraid to throw his body around. Um, so that's a big loss. And that was, you know, that was a guy that was kind of the a guy that wasn't talked about a lot at the deadline in terms of the Rangers. But when they did manage to get him for a pretty, pretty cheap price, you were like, oh, okay, this is a guy who's going to make the, the, the fourth line better. Um, and now, 
you know, they've got Capo Caco and they've got Kevin Rooney back, which is going to make their bottom six better in general. But uh, but losing Mott is, is definitely a bit of a blow and, and uh, they're going to have to, you know, maybe have a guy in there uh, that you weren't expecting to have in there, whether it's, you know, Johnny Brzezinski or Ryan Reeves on a more regular basis. Um, so that's, you know, the, you might see a little bit of a different alignment in terms of how Gerard Gallant uses their guys. Um, not just over the last couple of weeks of the season, but in the playoffs where you might see a lot more of their top nine and a lot less of the fourth line rather than rolling all four lines. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, a, that is a rough loss. And that, you know, that's the second time this season, right? Where you get a guy that you think is going to solidify, you know, your bottom six with, with Blay tearing his ACL and now Tyler Mott going out. That's uh yeah, that's a tough loss. But I also, on the flip side though, like, like you were saying, I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to be able to kind of switch up that fourth line, depending on who you're playing. If you want to play a heavier game, you could throw Ryan reason. You could have Dryden hunt. Then you can mix in um, Johnny Brzezinski, who I think has played quite well. You know, when he's had the opportunity, he even got some time playing in the top six uh, when they were struggling uh, last week or the week before rather. Um, so, you know, yeah, obviously you don't want to see Mott go, but I think that they do have enough pieces that they can make it work. Obviously, as you get into the playoffs and people are going to get injured and, you know, your depth is really tested. We'll see. But I think, you know, at least for a round or two, if they can get there, um, I think they should be okay moving some pieces in and out of that fourth line. So tonight the Hurricanes come in. Never would have predicted that this would be a game that might decide first place in the Metro. Um, and there's a lot of guys making their return to the garden for the first time since they left. You've got Jesper Faust, who's been a hurricane for the last couple of years, one of the more popular Rangers when he was here. Brennan Smith, similar guy, very popular when he was here, didn't play quite as much, but uh, but certainly a, a good Ranger and someone the fans appreciated. Um, Brady Shea, which, you know, he was traded at the, the last, like, trade deadline before the pandemic, and he still hasn't come back and played a game it's here, which really is pretty crazy. wild to think. Um and then, of course, Tony D'Angelo. Um, you know, I just finished writing a whole story that's going to go up on our site. People can read it in addition to hearing this uh, at some point before the game. Uh, talked to him for a little while this morning. He's very excited to be coming back here. The big question is what kind of reception will he get from the garden crowd? Uh, he wasn't sure. Um, a couple of his teammates told me that you know, they weren't sure either, but there's been some some friendly chatter about like, will they even notice that you're here? Because we've got a lot of guys coming back. It could be one of those four guys get one video and they all kind of get mixed in together and you couldn't you can't tell who's being cheered and who's being booed. But um, what do you think? What do you think, Chris? I mean, I think he's going to get more boos than cheers, but I, I think it might be mixed a little bit. You know, now that we talked about it a little bit before the show, now that I'm thinking about it, like he might get some cheers. I mean, he, he realistically, he was very good, uh, you know, offensively for the Rangers. Uh, you know, he was also offensive <laughs> for the Rangers in, in some ways. I think people, you know, understand that, but you know, I think he'll probably catch some boos. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he, he's, and honestly, he seems like the type that's going to like that a little bit. He'll get booed and he'll probably raise his game a bit. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, to me, I think, I think booze are probably likely. Let, let me ask you this. Is this the first time Derek Stepan's been back? No, he was no, back with maybe no, Ottawa been, or whatever. He's yeah. been back with, with Arizona too. He's been, oh, right. That's know, right. That's right. Looking back and seeing that the lineup that the Rangers had for game six, uh, against the senators in the second round in 2017, which was really their last true playoff game, leaving aside the, the bubble stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it, there's more guys on this Hurricanes team that played in that game for the Rangers than there are current Rangers who played in that game for the Rangers, which is what, which is wild to think. You've got Stepan and you've got Auntie Rata, who's 
uh, not playing tonight. And Stepan, I think, is a healthy scratch tonight, which is too bad for him. But yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting thing to think about with D'Angelo. You know, I, I feel like he was a popular guy with the fans when he was here. I understand that you know very outspoken on social media and his views maybe don't align with a lot of people in our area, right. socially, politically, that sort of thing. And he certainly toned a lot of that down now, uh, which I'm sure is helping him down in Carolina be, just be one of the guys. But um, but he still has a lot of good friends on the Rangers. And I think the stuff that happened in the room, you know, the kind of leading up to his banishment after his fight with, with Alexander Georgiev back, uh, back in January of last year after that uh, loss to the Penguins – you know, that stuff, I think, is a little bit separate from how he's perceived by the fans where, you know, his views don't don't completely align with with how a lot of fans, you know, feel about social political stuff. And that's fine. We all have people that we deal with every day that we don't agree with politically and socially. And uh, I think that stuff is, is very sensitive and it's been heightened a lot the last couple of years with the pandemic. But um, but I think his perception is uh, in the room with the Rangers and with the Hurricanes is very different. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's just, he's just one of the guys now. And it, uh, it's, it's like I said, I'm, I'm curious to see whether that will ever match up with how the fans feel about him or, you know, how the hockey world at large feels about him. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, what happens. I mean, and good for him, you know, he's having a good season and, you know, like, like you said, I mean, I don't agree with what he's talking about most of the time, but you know, he played pretty well for the Rangers and good for him that he's having a nice season for Carolina. Wings for the game, boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking a W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, we're back. And now for the first time on The Garden Faithful, we're going to hit the mailbag. I think I'm about the Rangers, huh? 
Uh, we solicited some questions, like I said, for uh, a mailbag that we write up on our site. And as usual, Ranger fans came through with lots of questions. So uh, the first one is kind of a topic that I saw a lot among the 180 or so questions. Eric S. is the first one to ask. Who would you sign, basically? He's asking, do you think it makes more sense for the Rangers to sign Andrew Kopp instead of Ryan Strome? What are the pros and cons of each uh, or neither and trade for someone else? Now, the trade part is the tricky one. Um, I've seen Mark Scheifele's name mentioned. We had Ken Weeb from from uh, Sportsnet up in Winnipeg on our show a couple weeks ago to talk about the Scheifele situation and whether he'll stay in Winnipeg and re-up or whether he'll be on the block if Winnipeg decides they're going to do more retooling. Um, my tendency is to go, you got to go with the devil you know. And and Strom has some failings as, as a number two center. Andrew Kopp would have some failings as a number two center if it's him instead of Strom. Um, but I think you're probably choosing between one of those two guys because they're here. You can negotiate quite freely with them up until free agency starts in the middle of July. Um, and you're not guessing about what assets it'll cost to, to trade for Shifley or to trade for this guy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough enough to find two really good centers who are willing to be the number one and the number two. And and that's something that I think we've talked about uh, on the show as well. Uh, Mark Scheifele is a number one center. Is he going to want to sign a contract, be traded, and then sign an extension to be a number two center behind Mika Zibanejad? Probably not. It's less five-on-five five time. It's less power play time, which means less points. You have to be accepting of a certain role. And Strom, you know, there is an opportunity because Strom does play on that top power play with all those high-powered guys, so he that helps boost his numbers. But really, you know, he's he's a complimentary guy to Zibanejad. Uh, in terms of their centers. And you have to be willing to accept that. There's some places where it's a little bit more ambiguous about who's the number one and who's the number two. And I think if you decided to let Strom go because his ask was too great, and you know, I would think anything above five and a half million for, say, five or six years is probably too great. And that's not an unreasonable ask from Strom. It probably might be more right now. Um, so I think you could get Andrew Kopp maybe for less than that because his track record's a little bit less proven in terms of being a scorer at a number two center. And while we were talking in the first segment with Chris that you know Kopp and, and Panarin have meshed pretty well, is this a guy who could be a long-term center for Artemi Panarin? Don't know. You know Panarin and Strom have good chemistry. Kopp has shown some good chemistry, but this is a guy who's, who's building on career highs for goals and points right now. And um, he's not even to 50 for the season. So, um, you know, there's, there's to me a lot of debate about A or B. And I think C, you know, letting them both go and finding someone to trade for, that's asking a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the difference for this is that they've had a good season with Strom there. They're better now with Cop and Strom there. I don't know that you can keep both without making major overhauls other, in other places. Um, so I think it's going to be one of those two guys. My gut feeling says that they go for Strom over Cop right now, but I think you, it's still, nobody's decided anything. We've got a few games left of the regular season and the playoffs, which is the most important, uh, spot to, to be really concerned about and see what they can both do in the playoffs. Since we really haven't seen that from this team, uh, you know, Ryan Strom hasn't been in the playoffs with the Rangers cop has just gotten here. So, um, uh, curious to see how that goes. Uh, JK asks a question that, you know, again, hard decisions coming with the Rangers considered trading Ryan Lindgren as a way to open up more cap space. 
you know, I'm I'm sure that there's they'd be looking for ways to to find some cap space wherever they can. Um, you know, Lindgren is not a guy that breaks the bank for them. He's three million for two more years. And the problem, of course, when you trade someone like that, is how do you fill that spot? And obviously, the chemistry with Adam Fox—they're good friends. They live together. Um, you know, it, it. You don't. You can't base your decisions on that. But, um, but I think when you've got someone who can be a top four guy, who can complement Fox the way that Lindgren does, and also kill penalties, be part of a top four with with Miller and Truba, that's uh, emerging as one of the more solid ones in the league. Um, and really, who do you have as a lefty that can fill that spot? If you have to go outside to fill it, what's the point of trading Ryan Lindgren? Because you're still going to have to fill it and spend some money to do it. You know, um, you've got, uh, you've got Libor Hayek who's restricted free agent who clearly doesn't have the trust of the coaching staff or the front office to play very much. Uh, you've got Patrick Nemeth. People feel how they feel about him. He's not really a guy that's going to fill your top four spot. You've got Zach Jones, who's having a good season in Hartford and showed okay up here. He's not going to be a partner for Adam Fox. That's too many. That's two very small, skilled guys. That's not really what you want. You know, Lindgren is not the biggest guy, but he plays a certain style that complements Fox. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's something to think about, and I'm sure that Chris Drury uh, will be thinking about every option if he wants to try to. Um, you know, keep this group together as much as he can. But um, but I don't know that trading Ryan Lindgren really solves a lot of problems. There was another question that we got. Uh, William C. says, I love Truba, but don't you think it would be best in to interest the Rangers to trade him and his high salary in the next couple of years, the ability to sign the new contracts coming up, uh, especially since they have a mini Truba in the ranks and a real solid decor coming up soon. True. Braden Schneider, also known as Baby Truba now, um, has shown that he can, uh, you know, he's he's emerging into that sort of Truba type mold. But also Braden Schneider is eight years younger than Jacob Truba and has eight fewer seasons. So you're not ready to hand him the keys just yet. And I think the basic thing that people uh, should realize about Jacob Truba is that when you have a guy like that, he doesn't necessarily flash as much. You know, he throws the big hits. He does produce some offense. Um, but steadiness is what you're looking for. He's the guy that's basically the captain of the D. He's the, he's essentially the captain of the team, even though he doesn't have a C on his chest. Um, it's a very young group. He's the, he's the sort of role model that I think the Rangers want to have around their group. And when you get to the playoffs, you need guys like him. And if you were to trade a guy, trade him to make sure that you could sign some other contracts, you'd say, you know what we need on defense? And you'd describe a guy and they'd say like, oh, that's Jacob Druva. That's the guy you need. And so I, I feel like, yeah, he makes a lot of money, and it's got he's got four more years left at eight million dollars. Um, it's a big nut, and uh, he, you know you're gonna have to just swallow that because if you trade him, I think uh, I think you're in real trouble. And now a couple of quick hitter questions. William asks us, "Do you see the Rangers winning a playoff round this year?" Uh, yeah, I do. I didn't for a while, but now I do. Um, I feel like the way that they've played since about the new year. Um, you know, I think the story that uh, I did with uh, with the help of Steve Aliquette's clear sight hockey uh, numbers about the sort of the quality of uh, shots that Igor Shosurkin has faced since Christmas that was the dividing line that that uh, Steve gave us, um, and that Shosturkin I think has faced the the fifth easiest quality of shots uh, of any top goalie in the league since Christmas. This is a team that that has kind of subtly turned the narrative around and uh, and now looks, you know, in addition to the to the guys that, that Chris Drury added at the deadline, um, 
they look a lot more formidable than they did the first half of the season. So with them trending up, the Penguins are trending down. I don't know that it's going to be Rangers-Penguins. Um, so I guess I should give a caveat. If the Rangers win the division and it's Boston or Tampa, I think that's a tougher out. And uh, we can I'll bring Chris in to talk about the, the pros and cons of winning the division here, uh, since there were a couple other questions about that. So, Chris, um, you know, you want to win every game. You're not trying to lose. You know, maybe when you get to the last couple, you can maneuver some things around and, and jockey in a position. Um, but do you as a fan want to see them win the division? Um, it, <laughs> you know, I think, look, you said it right. I mean, Pittsburgh, Washington, those are better matchups. I don't, I, I think it's, you know what? I think it's okay. I think it's okay for them to win the division. It might be a tougher, it might be a tougher first round, but I think if this is a team that's really, truly trying to win a Stanley cup in the next, you know, two or three years, um, you're going to have to go through these teams anyway. And, and if it's a, you know, a hard seven game loss in the first round to a Boston or a Tampa or whatever, you're going to learn some lessons going through that. Um, and you know, if they could get past those teams, then the type of confidence that they'll have going into the next round and, and the experience they get from that is invaluable. So to me, it's like, yeah, would you rather have an easier matchup in the first round? Sure. But I think also, you know, coming down the stretch here with however many games they have left 10, 11, um, you know, what are you going to do? Try to try to lose some of them? No. So, you know, I think if that's the stated goal, which it seems like it is that they're going to try to go out and win the division, um, you know, let, let's go for it. And especially starting tonight against Carolina, I think this is a real important game for them to try to win this game tonight. If they can win this game tonight and look good doing it, go for it. You know what I mean? Try to win the division and, and let the chips fall where they may. But, um, you know, yeah, look, you'd rather, maybe you'd rather have an, uh, an easier matchup, but I think if you, if you have a shot to win the division and that's kind of the goal, um, go, you know, go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, if we were coming up on the, like I said, if we were coming up on the last couple games of the season and you were jockeying for position that, that, you know, that Carolina comes back again in two weeks and that's one of the last two or three games, I think maybe then you can start to say like, yeah, you know what? I think we'll start your give and we'll right. sit Schneider or we'll sit Lindgren or we'll sit Fox. Uh, then you sort of say those decisions feel a little bit more appropriate right at the end. But for now, you don't want to, you don't want to trip over your own feet, getting to the finish line here. And um, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh is having a rough go and Washington really hasn't found their stride, even though they're playing better of late. Because you can you could ease into second and say this is where we want to be, and then the other team is like, hey, they lost to try to face us. We're pumped up now, and then you can't you can't put the brakes on on your little slide there. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I think right now you want to win, and and um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it again in two weeks, and we'll see uh, we'll see what they say. There were a few questions about Vitaly Kravtsov. Uh, his KHL season just ended. Um, his uh, tractor team lost in the Eastern Conference Finals in the KHL. Um, a lot of talk about whether we'll see him over here, whether he'd jump right in. Um, haven't really gotten the sense from talking to anybody that uh, that's going to happen. The Rangers do have a lot of extra bodies sitting around. They have a lineup that they feel pretty good about. I'm not so sure that they're just going to take him and throw him right in. And certainly if they brought him over and said, go play in Hartford, that was what started this whole nonsense. So maybe they're not going to do that. My sense is he's going to stay put until the summer and then they'll figure out what to do. And obviously with the political situation being what it is in, with involving Russia, that might be the easiest thing to do right now. So um, 
I don't know that we're going to see Kravtsov. I don't know that we're going to see him in a Ranger jersey. He's certainly a cost-effective option for next season for their top nine. And uh, if both him and Chris Drury can get over their, you know, history of, of animosity with one another, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know that his Ranger career is over. I don't know that you can close, you know, this is a salary cap world. You can't close the door on young, cheap, skilled guys anymore. Um, the Rangers have done it a couple of times with, with Leas Anderson and now with Kravtsov. So, um We'll see if that door stays a little bit cracked, um, but I can't imagine that uh, that they're going to suddenly decide to bring him over here and drop him right into the lineup. You know, a good question from Jonas B about uh, the behind-the-scenes chemistry. Uh, you know, we've talked about and I've written about the the connection between Panarin and Strom. They live close by each other. They're good friends. Their wives are good friends. Um, you know, how would they? How would how would Panarin feel if Strom left? You know, I, I'd certainly heard uh, when Buchnevich was traded, one of the Rangers that was most upset about it was was Panarin. That was not only someone who was a good friend, but a skilled player, um, someone who, you know, Panarin took under his wing a little bit, I think, uh, when he got here. Um, so do you want to risk pissing off Panarin again by trading or letting go uh, Ryan Strom, not trading him, but uh, seeing him walk in free agency? This situation, I think, is a little bit different. That was kind of a, we can't afford Buchnevich, so we're going to be proactive and trade him without really thinking about how else to solve that problem. And maybe that was what caused some of the friction there. This is, you know, Strom's a veteran. He's going to ask for what he's going to ask for. Uh, if the Rangers can't pay it, and they're obviously, you know, limited in what they can do. Um, I don't know that Panarin would, would be too upset about it, but he is a sensitive guy. You know, I think there's, he's, he's certainly aware of what goes on around him. Um but maybe, you know, I think the only way you do that is to make sure that whoever you sign, whether it's cop or if you decide to go the trade route, that you've got not his approval, but you've got someone that you know he can work with. Um, it's uh, it's not an easy situation, but I think Panarin is certainly, you know, like a lot of guys come to understand that it's a business. And when you get to a certain point in your career, um, you can kind of ask for what you're going to ask for. And this is Strom's chance to probably cash in on a long-term deal that he's never really gotten. So, uh, so we'll see how everyone feels about it. But like I said, I think I tend towards Strom staying, um, and keeping that connection alive. Uh, Nick R asks, which players are the healthy scratches for game one of the playoffs? Uh, looking a bit ahead, but <laughs> you know, I, I'd have to say, um, obviously the top six is pretty set barring anything crazy happening. Third line, uh, if Philip Hedl's healthy, I feel like Hedl, Lafreniere, Kako is is a third line that they're going to look at. And then you've got Barkley Goodrow, Kevin Rooney, in either Dryden Hunt or Ryan Reeves or Johnny Brzezinski. Um, you know, I think a Goodrow-Rooney pairing is interesting because they do do a lot of penalty killing together. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, you know, I probably I, – I would say game one, especially if it's against Pittsburgh – I think Reeves sits. I think um, you know. I I think if it's Goodrow and Rooney, then probably Hunt is your third guy there, just because of the speed that he can bring. Um, you know, and Dryden Hunt. We certainly talked about him a lot. Not a top six guy, but fourth line. You know, he can. He's been effective, and I think, quite honestly, his last couple of games, he's been really effective in that fourth line role. So that's that's really where he belongs. And as far as defense, I'll bring Chris back in because we didn't talk about the the Justin Braun 
Braden Schneider pairing that actually worked out pretty well in a couple of the games last week uh, with Braun on the left side. Do you start game one with Braun and Schneider or do you take the safe route and have the lefty and Nemeth in there? Man, I, I honestly, I, I, I kind of like the Braun Schneider uh, combo. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, right. You know, there's, there's a bunch of games left, so we'll see what, what happens kind of down the stretch here and um, you know, what the lineup looks like every night. But to me, the Bra- Braun and Schneider looked like the best third pair they've had this season, honestly. Um, and you know, it's a short, small sample size. They played Ottawa and the devils, you know, and, and obviously Pittsburgh in there, but, um, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I would probably start Braun and, and Schneider, right? That's today. You know, we'll see what happens as we go <laughs> down the stretch here, but also, by the way, I know we didn't really talk about it. And there's a little off, uh, uh, off the track. God, Braden Schneider just laying that huge hit against Boquist and then beating up Sharon Govich, man, that, that looked playoff ready. That was very exciting to watch that kid do that against the devils. But, but anyway, but I digress. I, I, to me, I think, I think Braun and Schneider actually looked pretty good. I'd like to see more of them uh, down the stretch here. I bet Gerard Gallant will too. And I, I, I agree with you. I think the main takeaway from this past week and in general is Braden Schneider needs to be in the lineup in game. Oh one yeah. Playoffs. No question about it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I I, I just, I mean, obviously Igor Shesterkin is going to be in that, but the Schneider situation, you know, I think most coaches would, you know, veer towards let's play the veterans, guys that have been in the playoffs. Braun has a ton of playoff experience. Nemeth has a lot less playoff experience, but he's been there. You know, um, I'm not making any excuses for anyone. I I just said, and you agreed with me that Schneider needs to be in there. And then you take him out if the moment is too big for him. I, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think you start the other way and say, we're going to go with the two older guys and then he can sit. I I'd much rather see them play the kid because he's been very steady and he's earned it. So uh, yeah, I'd be curious to know how it's really going to be. But for me, I'd go Braun and Schneider and sit Nemeth, and then you can put him in just in case. Um, and I guess the last question I'll go with, um, we've talked about Cop. What about Frank Vitrano? Um, Nick R. asks, can they re-sign this guy? Probably not. Uh, he is having a real revival here, and obviously you know, he was playing mostly fourth line in Florida, and they have tons of talented guys, and he comes here, and he's the first line right wing because there's a, there's been a gaping hole on the right side pretty much all season long for the Rangers. Uh, and he's producing the way that you'd expect a guy who's who's scored goals in the NHL before to produce playing with those guys. Um, whether that, you know, I think that's going to get him a much better contract than maybe he was going to get if he just finished the year as a fourth line guy and occasional healthy scratch in Florida. Um, but, uh, I don't think there's room for him, you know, here, uh, just looking at his contract, that's his expiring deal right now. He's making 2.5, even three or 3.5 is probably a little too much. You'd have to subtract somebody like a Heedle, let's say to make that work. And I don't know if that's a trade-off you want to make as good as Vitrano has been. So, um, I feel like talking down the road, um, it's not a great picture for the Rangers that they want to keep all these guys, but. For now, it's sure exciting. We've got a few games to go in the regular season. You've got the playoffs. They're coming in with a head of steam. If they win this game tonight, they're tied for first, or you know, essentially tied for first. I think Carolina has a tiebreaker over them, but it's an exciting spot to be in. So it might be the theme might be uh, don't worry about tomorrow because today looks pretty good. So um, that's all we got for our show today. Thank you, Chris, for uh, joining on as always. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. This was a fun one. 
And thanks for listening to The Garden Faithful. If you're enjoying the show so far, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us grow the show. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then it's just 99 cents a month after that. And right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for $1 a month for six months. And visit theathletic.com slash TGF. Big game tonight. We'll be back to talk about that and a lot more next week. Thanks, everyone.